You are Locked On Chargers, your daily podcast on the Los Angeles Chargers, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What is up and welcome into the Locked On Chargers podcast. I'm your host, Daniel Wade. Joined as always by my co-host, David Drogemeyer, and today's episode is brought to you by Pepsi. This football season will be different, and Pepsi is here to get you ready for game day, no matter how you watch this season. Pepsi is the refreshment that you need to power through game day and become a member of the League of Football Watchers. These passionate fans are the real generational talent that Pepsi fuels, because Pepsi isn't made for those who play the game, it's made for those who watch it. Pepsi, made for football watching. Before we get started, we are two writers who got our start at San Diego Sports Domination, San Diego's top sports blog, and we've been covering the Chargers now for over five seasons doing our own Facebook live show, Chargers Domination Live, and now this is our third season as the host of the Lockdown Chargers podcast, bringing you your team every day. What's up, guys? So first, let me just thank everyone who's checking out the show for the first time. We really appreciate you guys joining us today, and also a special thank you to all of our loyal listeners as well. Today's going to be a little bit different than we thought because there is no Friday show this week because of New Year's. New Year's will be on Friday this week, so we are going to be doing a little bit of a mix-up. We have a crossover Wednesday edition for you guys, and I know that's exciting because we get to talk with the Locked On Chiefs podcast and Chris Clark from the Locked On Chiefs, and we have a lot to ask them about, including, you know, who should we expect to see from the Chiefs this week? What could potentially trip a juggernaut like the Chiefs up in a game, in a one-game sample, and some of the players who are going to step in that could make an impact in this game. But I'm going to start with the news that one Chargers writer thinks that there's three Chargers that could be retiring after the season, including a big surprise. I think that a lot of people would be shocked if he retired next season, but let's go ahead and get into it. This week, one Chargers writer thinks that there's three current Chargers who could contemplate retirement after the season. This is Daniel Wade with your Los Angeles Chargers update from Locked On Chargers. Jason Reed from BoltBeat.com has come out with an article looking at three players that could retire on the Chargers after the 2020 season, and the first man that shows up on the list is Mike Pouncey, and this is a little bit of a sad story just because Mike Pouncey is a guy who had hip issues early on in his career, and now he is missing this entire season due to a hip surgery that was required, and this was something that early on it was going to be an issue potentially down the road for him, and unfortunately it seems like that may have caught up to him, and at this point with something as serious as a hip injury, this is someone I absolutely think could consider retirement in the offseason. But I do know that some of the things the Chargers really valued with Pouncey was his leadership. And I think at the center position, when you're talking about being able to point things out on the line and get guys blocking the right players, I do think he came in as a stabilizing force a couple of years ago. He played every game in his first season, which was 2018. And I think that they will miss his leadership up front and his ability to hopefully coach some of these younger guys like, you know, Dan Feeney or Forest Lamp, or even someone like Cole Toner or Scott Questenberry. So I do think it could be a big loss for the Chargers. And I think this is one that could actually be a reality after the season. The second guy that pops up on the list is not a guy that's going to excite a lot of people on the field with what he's able to do because he is a gritty player. And I'm talking about backup tight end Virgil Green, who has actually filled in nicely in some games when Hunter Henry has been out over the past three seasons. But Virgil Green is a blocking tight end, and what he had to say about Virgil Green in this was that he's having a fairly solid season up until his injury on a touchdown catch, his only touchdown catch 
of the season and that he's going to be 33 years old coming off of a major injury and it doesn't make a lot of sense potentially for the Chargers to try to get him back outside of the fact that we don't know what's going to happen with Hunter Henry at this point. He's going to be an unrestricted free agent if the Chargers aren't going to be able to work something out for him. And if they did want to bring him back, Jason Reed thinks it would be a short-term contract and he would just be someone that would kind of have to fight for a spot in training camp in 2021. And I do think that Green has been a solid blocker, but the Chargers kind of need to revamp that position, especially if Hunter Henry doesn't decide to stay the backups, Steven Anderson and Donald Parham, both had good showings last week without Hunter Henry in the lineup, so I do think that was a positive sign, but it's hard to say right now the Chargers are very deep at that position with all of that inexperience going into 2021, so Virgil Green, even though he's not under contract, could be a loss for the Chargers in the blocking game, but at the same time, if they do go in a different direction with their head coach, maybe a blocking tight end isn't as important in that scheme. But the last player on this list is the one that is going to surprise a lot of people because it is Casey Hayward Jr., a guy that the Chargers fans have come to love over the years because he started out with a bang. He ended up having 11 interceptions in his first two seasons, led the league in interceptions in 2016, and he has been overall very solid. He got a contract extension after originally signing a three-year $15 million deal that was a bargain for how well he has played for the team. But now this year, it looks like he's visibly lost a step and the Chargers would save a lot of money if they decided to part ways with him. But he is saying here that he could retire and he cites guys like Darrell Revis and Antonio Cromartie who both recently made Pro Bowls when they decided to retire in their early 30s. He thinks Casey Hayward could go along that track. I don't think he's going to. This one I would disagree with. I think that he hasn't had any major injuries that would make him potentially have to consider not wanting to go through all of that rehab, but it is a very physical sport, so that's always an option. But I think that Casey Hayward, especially with that money he's going to be due next season, has all the incentive in the world to return. And this season has been rough over his first couple of seasons with the team. He had 11 interceptions over the last three. He has only had three interceptions, and his tackling has been much worse this season, too. He's missed 18% of his tackles this year. That is nine missed tackles in 2020. In 2017 and 2018, he combined for just five missed tackles. So I do think that is a major part that I have seen him in many games miss tackles we are used to seeing him make. It's gotten a little better over the last couple of games, but he's still allowing quarterbacks to only complete less than 50% of their passes. That is a good sign. At the same time, it's the deep passes which have really hurt him, allowing 16.6 yards per completion and allowing 487 air yards on the season. So with this aging secondary and only really Michael Davis, who's an unrestricted free agent going into the offseason, as your options at this point, you have to wonder if next season the Chargers could potentially try to get younger. And even though I don't think Casey Hayward is going to retire I don't think it's totally off the table. The team could decide to try and save that money by releasing him, even with how good he's been in the past. But we do have two more segments to get into because it is a crossover Wednesday, and we're going to be talking with the Lockdown Chiefs and Chris Clark about this weekend's games, where it's the Chargers starters going up against some Chiefs backups. So we'll talk about who he expects to play in this game, if there's any young players he expects to make an impact in this one, and also what is something that could trip up the Chiefs 
coming up right after this. But first, I need to tell you guys that one of the things I've been using most during quarantine has been DoorDash. I try not to leave whenever I have the option. If I can order food to my house, I'm always going to do that. And plus, you can keep putting the money into the pockets of local restaurants and places that are trying to stay open. I know for me, the restaurants in my area are all closed to dine-in customers. So right now is the best time that you could use DoorDash. It's the app that brings you the food you're craving right now and right to your door. Ordering is easy. Open the DoorDash app, choose what you want to eat, and the food will be safely left outside your door with a new contactless delivery drop-off setting. There's over 300,000 partners in the U.S., Puerto Rico, Canada, and Australia. All of your favorite local go-tos will be there. And right now, our listeners can save $5 and get zero delivery fees on their first order of $15 or more when you download the DoorDash app and enter the promo code Locked On, That's $5 off and zero delivery fees on your first order when you download the DoorDash app in the App Store and enter the code Locked On, all caps, one word. That's Locked On for $5 off your first order with DoorDash. And welcome back to another crossover edition. This is Locked On Chiefs and Locked On Chargers with David Drogemeyer as well. David, how you doing? Doing well, man. Always a pleasure to get on and talk some football with you. I mean, I wish the Chargers were playing better this year, but I mean, the Chiefs are definitely not having that problem. Yeah, this is going to be an interesting game from my perspective. Uh, I'm not really sure what to expect from Kansas City, but I am excited to see the Chargers again. Really impressed with what I saw from Justin Herbert the last time we saw him play. Let's just go ahead and dive into it. Do you think the Chargers are going to keep their coach this offseason? That's the question, right? I mean, that's what everybody wants to know. And I think if you ask the beat writers, they're pretty confident that they're actually going to keep Anthony Lynn this year. If you ask the fans, uh, they all want him gone. They, and, and and I understand uh, because, you know, he took until probably three or four games until the end of the season to really start making adjustments when the team was already out of the playoff race. I mean, they're already eliminated. It's kind of like too little, too late. Uh, I think it, it would behoove the Chargers organization to let Lynn go. I know they, that there's a ton of respect for him in that building, and that's the reason why they haven't made any moves like in season. But I would expect that they probably will let him go. I think that's the right move. Uh, I think that he has played a factor in Justin Herbert's development and, and his historic rookie season, but he's also been a detriment too. some of the in-game decisions have been very questionable and uh, you know, the coaching staff lack of ability to really adjust from week to week and in game has lost this team football games. It's just as simple as that. Well, it's not just in-game decisions, although we're talking – I'm going to be mentioning in-game scenarios. I'm talking end-of-game scenarios. Oh, yeah. That has really cost the Chargers horribly this season. I can remember at least four games where he has just blown it completely in the last two minutes of the game when the Chargers had a chance to win. I'm guessing there's probably more than four of those. And the Chargers really were in, what, one-score games or a couple-point games multiple different times. Well, let me put it to you this way. <laughs> The Chargers had a lead of 13 plus points four times, okay? And they lost three of those four. They're one of the only teams in NFL history to have a 17 plus point lead in three games and lose every single one of them. And oh, go figure, one of those other teams in NFL history was the Chargers. So it just seems like this organization, it just, they have such a trouble at closing out games. They just, they don't know how to do it. And, you know, this coach doesn't help because he plays, he coaches not to lose. He doesn't coach to win. Very rarely have you seen the chargers in in his tenure, put their foot on opponent's throat and really just destroy them. 
They're in so many close games because of the way Anthony Lynn coaches. And that's something that has to change. I mean, I'm it's extremely aggravating and very frustrating as an analyst and as a fan to watch the chargers because of those end of game decisions, those before halftime decisions. It's, it's just something that has to change. And unfortunately I don't think that's going to change because like Daniel Popper of the athletics says, that's just how Anthony Lynn coaches football. Yeah. And that's a big problem. You can't you have a coach that is going to get you so close in so many games and yet just blow it at the end every single time and not really learn from his mistakes. I think that's really the thing that would be frustrating to me as a fan. I think, you know, you watched Andy Reid over the years in Kansas city. And one of the first things that, he had to deal with as a head coach in Kansas City is trying to figure out the time management issues. And that's really something I've seen Lynn struggle with over and over and over and over again. So I do think that's a huge issue for this Chargers team. But when you look at this game and you look at what it means for the Chargers, what are you expecting to see from them? Yeah, I mean, for what it means, I think you just want to go into the offseason with some momentum. I mean, they, they've won a couple of games in a row when it doesn't matter. They have a, they're have they on a three-game winning streak. They're going up against a Chiefs team that they're most likely not going to play their starters, and we'll get into that when I ask you some questions. I'd like to get some information on that. But for the Chargers, I think it's just all about continuing momentum. And, and you know, for Justin Herbert, you want to see him continue to make good decisions and protect the football and, and stretch it. I mean, he has a, an opportunity in this game to pass the rookie passing yards record that is held by Andrew Luck. He's 340 yards away. I know that's a big ask, but I mean, <laughs> going up against a, a defense that's probably going to be a shell of itself, it is possible. So right now, I think it's all about accolades and, and trying to get some good momentum going into the offseason. The Chargers before this season were shut out in the AFC West for two straight years. So they actually got some wins against the AFC West. They always seem to play the Chiefs very close, I mean, even with all their starters out there. I expect that this game... Man, I, I don't know what to expect because I don't really know who's going to play out there. I mean, that's really the, the biggest question mark. But for the Chargers, I think this is all about just continuing momentum going into the offseason. Well, and for a guy that wasn't expected to start this year in Justin Herbert, at least not early on uh, against most of the other teams, and then to start as early on as he did, throw for 4,000 yards, 28 touchdowns, uh, with 10 interceptions, obviously you want to get the interception number down. But for a rookie quarterback, you got to feel pretty good about that. I mean, nobody expected this from Justin Herbert. Nobody expected to see him play at all this year. I mean, it was supposed to be Tyrod Taylor as the bridge, and they wanted to have Justin Herbert sit behind him and learn, which I was in favor of. I mean, coming out of the draft, there was some some questionable or some things that you would question about Justin Herbert. One of the things was his processing of the football field. We didn't know if he was going to be able to go through progressions because a lot of the times, and it might have been a a byproduct of the offense that he was in at Oregon with a lot of the short, quick passes, but you didn't really see him go through full progressions. We always knew he had the physical attributes and the talent, but it was the mental processing game. We knew he was smart, but you know, processing of the football field, which we were had question marks about, but Justin Herbert has emphatically answered those questions and, you know, a, a freak accident or a, you know, just a, a bad medical situation to Tyrod Taylor, uh, unfortunately happened to allow Justin Herbert to get that last second start against the chiefs where he went out there and played extremely well. And, you know, we've seen him grow from week to week to week. 
and it has been truly the highlight of the year for Charger fans and 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 for us over here at Locked On Chargers is being able to watch him grow from week to week, make mistakes, learn from those mistakes, clean things up, and get better as the year goes on. So I think we're incredibly excited for uh, Justin Herbert, and we fully expect him to win the Offensive Rookie of the Year award. I feel like he's he's earned it, and uh, we wanted to see how he takes that leap from year one to year two. Hopefully it is cleaning up some of those interceptions, but if you look at the full body of work, I think you have to be excited. And, I mean, you ask any team out there, it's all about getting a quarterback and getting him on a rookie deal and being able to build around him. You guys know that more than anybody else, and I think the Chargers have that piece. Yeah, and I am excited to see what the Chargers are able to do with him in the future. I thought that, honestly, before the season started, I thought Drew Locke was going to take a step forward, and he didn't. So uh, right now I think that you know Herbert is obviously the second uh, quarterback in the division, the young quarterback of the division. Um, I don't know that I would really put – Derek Carr in that category anymore. He's a little bit elder uh, in that regard. But you look at the rest of this division and you look at the Chargers, and honestly, the Chargers were so close in so many games this year. They could have been in a spot where they could be fighting for a playoff spot this week, but they're not. You look at their defense, and their defense has been very fierce, but they're still missing some people. Who are you expecting to not have this week uh, for the Chargers? So on the defensive side of the ball, we already know that Uchenna Nwosu is on IR. We know Melvin Ingram has been on IR, and he's not going to play. Joey Bosa is in concussion protocol as far as we know. We don't know. We haven't had any updates on on whether he's going to be getting out of that. So that's probably the biggest person on on the Chargers defense that you're looking out for. Also, Casey Hayward and Rayshon Jenkins both left the game on Sunday with injuries, so we'll have to keep a monitor on that and see if they're going to be able to go on Sunday. I would imagine that if they can, they're going to try because it's the last game of the year. I mean, it's the last opportunity to get on the field and, and try to get some stats and try to get some bonuses, whatever's in their contract. You know, there's always some personal incentives out there for those type of things, but yeah, Joey Bosa is the big name, obviously. I mean, without him, they get very little pass rush, and I think that's a, a big indictment on on this Chargers defense, especially their defensive line, is without Bosa, they can't get after the quarterback pretty much at all. So that's going to be a big priority going into the offseason is getting some help for Joey Bosa. And I'm not going to lie, that would be a very welcome thing for the Chiefs fans this weekend because they've dealt with enough O-line issues, and I think we're going to see a retooled offensive line for this game against the Chargers. When we get back, David is going to flip the script and ask me some questions about this Chiefs team. Before they flip things around and David gets to ask Ryan some questions about the Chiefs this weekend, I first need to tell you guys that the official betting sponsor for the Locked On Chargers podcast is betonline.ag. I can't tell you guys enough that when you have a little bit of action on the game, when you're finding some good prop bets you're looking for in any game, like something like it can Keenan Allen go over 50 receiving yards in this one, it always brings a little bit of extra juice to the game. And we use betonline.ag. It's the only place that has you covered and the only place that we trust. If you guys sign up today for a free account at betonline.ag, they will even give you some money to get some action on these games with the promo code locked on for a 50% off welcome bonus, free money to gamble on sports. Guys, it doesn't have to just be the Chargers, but there's plenty of bets to choose from, and we'll even give you some free money to play with when you use that promo code locked on for that 50% welcome bonus. All right, we're back here on the crossover edition. Of course, I'm David Drugmeyer, Locked On Chargers, over here with Chris of Locked On Chiefs. And we're going to switch things over and we're going to get in, get some information about the defending Super Bowl champions. So we'll start I still off. I can't with get here. over that. 
I know, right? I mean, sorry, not trying to throw it in your face. I just no, I, I get it. I totally understand. I mean, we all want a championship. The Chargers never had one in their entire history. It's something we're always striving for. We hope they're close, but we don't know. You guys got it done, so that's the moniker that you guys get. But here, you know, in the last couple of games, it seems like they've played some pretty close games. I mean, especially that last game against the Falcons, a 17-14, to 14, just super close victory. Does that give you confidence that if they get in those type of games, they can sneak out those type of wins? Or does it give you some cause for concern because they're not just dominating? You know, I think you look at this team and I think it, it could go either way, honestly. I, th- I think you could look at it and say, well, you know, it's the Atlanta Falcons. They should dominate this team. They should win. It shouldn't be even close. And I get that. And I get that it didn't look good. Uh, and I completely understand why, you know, a lot of Chiefs fans out there are not happy about that game. I wasn't happy about that game. It was ugly. Uh, but you also have to look at it and you also have to realize, okay, well, Kansas is down to their, uh, I guess you could call it their second string right tackle, their third and fourth string guards. Um, they're cobbling together an offensive line at this point. They lost their starting center for a couple of plays against the Atlanta Falcons. Um, you know, and Sammy Watkins went out against the Atlanta Falcons. Uh, ben Neiman went out against the Atlanta Falcons. They were down their two starting linebackers that they had going into this game, Damian Wilson and Anthony Hitchens. So, defense, you know, so when you start looking at injuries and COVID and everything that was hitting this team all at once, I kind of get uh, having an off game. Uh, and obviously you would want to, you know, win by a little bit more, but you, ha- you have to also look at it and say, okay, well, hold on a second. They played the New Orleans Saints in New Orleans. Uh-huh. That's a tough game. Oh, they played Tampa Bay. They played Tampa Bay a couple weeks before that. Uh, they won there. Uh, they won against the Miami Dolphins in Miami. I mean, that's a that's a tough team too. That's a playoff caliber team. Whether or not they make the playoffs, they are a playoff caliber team. Chargers know about fan- them for sure, and they have a fantastic defense. So, uh, you know, to be able to stick with all of those games or stick with all those teams and come out victorious, that was the big thing. You know, a lot of people are arguing that maybe the Chiefs are just bored. I could see that. I mean, honestly, and, I, and I'm not trying to sound conceited or anything, but I could honestly see that because you're sitting here at, you know, 14 and one at this point when you're playing. Uh, sorry, you're 14 and one now. You were 13 and one when you were getting ready to play him. And at that point, it's like, okay, well, pretty much we already have the number one seed. What are we playing for in this game? Yeah. Uh, and honestly, it's a fair question. So I could see them being a little bit bored, and you expect that they're going to turn it on. Uh, when the playoffs start, and I fully expect they'll turn it on when the playoffs start. You see what Patrick Mahomes has done this year, and I still think he's the league MVP. I know a lot of people are starting to say that it should be Aaron Rodgers, but I think it should be Mahomes just based on what he's done in some of these games uh, where he's just pulled rabbits out of his hats time after time to get the Chiefs to victory, and uh, I think that's really what the MVP is all about. Yeah, most valuable player. It's the guy that, you know, you take him away and, you know, your season is completely different. And I think, you know, that's probably a pretty, you know, a convincing case for Patrick Mahomes. But, you know, switching gears kind of to this game here, you know, are there players that you don't usually start, you know, that you don't usually see that you're kind of excited for? And, you know, do you think that those guys are going to be able to make any kind of impact in this game on Sunday? You know, right now, Andy Reid's holding it close to the vest as to who he's going to play and who he's not. Uh, you would assume that Patrick Mahomes is not going to play. Obviously, Tyree Kill won't play. Travis Kelsey won't play. You also assume that a guy like Eric Fisher, who started every game this year, is probably not going to play. He's been dealing with a back injury. Oh, yeah. Uh, so you would figure he's not going to play. And then you start looking at, 
you know, other position players, you know, Sammy Watkins is injured, so he's not going to play. Uh, that pushes McCole Hardman up the list. Okay, well, are you going to really want to play him, or are you going to want to put in, you know, a guy like Demarcus Robinson, Byron Pringle, bring up some wide receivers from the practice squad, like maybe uh, French. But I do think that they are going to be looking at uh, possibly bringing some guys up that you will not have seen. Uh, and I do think that that's going to make this game even more interesting because you're going to have a lot of young guys that are playing that wouldn't necessarily get to play any games at all whatsoever. And and really, when you start looking at with COVID this year, it's going to allow Kansas City to be able to do things that they normally wouldn't be able to do because they can bring up more players than uh, normal. But you know, I'm really interested to see what they do because I, I think it could be a really good thing for some of these young guys to get a chance to play. And the guy I was thinking of was Jody Fortson. I think that it's possible to bring him up for this game as well. Cool. All right. Yeah. We'll definitely be looking forward to seeing what that looks like. Uh, I mean, th- there's the age old question when you you have a, a, you know, a buy, you have the number one seed all locked up. You have that conversation about rust versus rest. So, you know, is there a concern here about the chiefs not, you know, playing their starters and them potentially not playing for two weeks? I think there definitely has to be a concern there. Uh, I think you look at what Baltimore did last year, and they just came out flat mm-hmm. and got pounded by Tennessee. Yep. Uh, and honestly, I think that's got to be a major concern. The thing is with Kansas City, though, I think that you look at it and say, okay, well, we've been in battles all year long. We've got every single team's best shot. When the playoffs show up, we're going to get the best shot of every single team again. And you know you got to be ready for that, and you got to be as healthy as you possibly can be. So I think that that's what they're looking at, and they're saying we'll take the risk. And I think Andy Reid trusts his guys. His you know this team, they've had a couple of guys go on the COVID list throughout the year. Anthony Hitchens is the newest one, but generally speaking, you know you haven't seen many of the Chiefs have that issue. Uh, and I'm not saying that that other teams are having horrible issues, but there are some teams that have had breakouts. Kansas City hasn't been one of them. I think the entire team is taking this very seriously. And I think that really gives Andy Reid the ability to feel like, you know, he can look at these guys and say, okay, well, you know, we're going to be practicing, but, you know, you're going to be off for this week and and we're not going to play for basically three weeks. That is a scary thought from a fan's perspective, though. I get it. And then last but not least, the Chiefs are the betting favorites to win the Super Bowl, according to betonline.ag. If they were to get tripped up in the playoffs, what do you think the reason would be? Right now, I would say to be the offensive line. Um, it's just been really shaky, and I, I think what you're going to be seeing is you're going to be seeing teams really trying to attack the interior and really just trying to get after Patrick any way they possibly can. Uh, the one thing that Kansas City really has going for them that really could hinder teams from trying to pressure Patrick as much as I think that they need to at times is he is so good against the blitz. So if you're sending five or six guys – you better get home or he is going to eat your lunch. And that is just the reality of the situation. Uh, You know, I think that that's really what you're looking at. Uh, You know, when you start looking at the different teams that could trip them up, I do think that they have a chance of making another Super Bowl run this year, obviously. I think that uh, they're in prime position to do so. I think really the biggest team that could trip them up in the AFC is probably Buffalo. Uh, But we did see them play Buffalo earlier this year, and, and that ended up pretty good for Kansas City. Uh, in a game that really wasn't as close as the inning score indicated. So I think they'll be good there. I think really the fun part is going to be a matchup of, I, I really do think it could be Aaron Rodgers versus Patrick Mahomes in the Super Bowl. And that would be a phenomenal game. 
It would be. That would be a hell of a game. Well, we're going to have to wait and watch and see how everything unfolds. But, of course, you can find him on Twitter at Chris Clark NFL. You can find me on Twitter at Deidre Sports. And that's going to do it for another crossover episode. Thank you for joining us. Well, a special thank you to Chris Clark from the Locked On Chiefs podcast. I definitely enjoyed today's episode, and I think it's going to be a strange game, but the Chargers do have some things to play for. They're trying to finish off the season strong, end on a four-game win streak, get their first three-game winning streak since the 2013 season in their own division in the AFC West. So that's something to get excited about, and I think it still could be a close game, and we will be back with you guys tomorrow to give you our keys for success and tell you what the Chargers will need to do to finish their season strong. But until then, make sure to follow us on Twitter at LockedOnLAC and to like the Facebook page Locked On Chargers, as well as subscribing to us wherever you get your podcast from. That's always the fastest and easiest way to get the show. We will be getting into a bunch of voicemails very, very soon. I mean, the season is almost over at this point, so... After this week, we are still going to continue doing voicemail shows, and we'll get to a ton of questions from you guys. The number is 323-524-7924, and we try to get every Chargers voicemail played on the show. But we hope you guys join us tomorrow to break down this final game and talk about what the Chargers and Justin Herbert can do in this last game to end the season on a high note. But until then, take it easy and go Bolts.